Dallas is going to crowd the line of scrimmage, try to stop the run, and dare him to throw the ball down the field. On first down, Eddie George. Room to run, up the middle, midfield, and there he goes. To the 10, touchdown. 68 yards. Well, I would say that's a statement made by your offense. They catch the Colts on a blitz. Look at everybody coming. John running, coming around, trying to make a tackle. Nobody on the inside. Jason Belzer, the safety, gets too far up in there. Can't make the tackle. And Eddie George just outruns everybody to the end zone. Welcome along again. This is the, the Transatlantic Titans podcast coming off the back of another win. And bravely, we're recording just as transfer deadline day. Is it transfer deadline day? I'm thinking when I say that, I'm thinking um, Jim White and Sky Sports News and Harry Redknapp and Car Windows, but it's a, it's a little bit different. There may be stuff that happens while we're recording, just to just to warn you. Um, I'm joined by Miles and Neil again, as per last week. Brian is back. Hello, Brian. Hiya. Good to be back. Well, hello to everybody. And another debutante on this podcast, Simon Aston is with us. So hello, Simon. Hello. Nice to be here. Glad to glad to have you on. Um, and as we've done with everybody who's who's been on, we're going to interrogate you about why yeah. on earth you became a, a Tennessee Titans supporter. Well, I've been watching the um, NFL on TV since about 1982, I think it was, when it came on when Channel 4 started the coverage. Didn't really have a team, just enjoyed watching the football, went to the London games. Then a couple of years ago, myself and my wife went to Nashville on holiday for the really interesting the music over there and realised that it was only a five, ten minute walk to actually Nissan Stadium from downtown and thought, yeah, this is great. So a year afterwards, went back, watched them uh, turn over the uh, Texans um, and I've been a bit of a tex- uh, Titan obsessive since. Excellent. So you nearly you nearly said Texans there, which would I did, yeah, 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 yeah. Awful. You're about to go on the trade block. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the Channel Four days in the eighties, did you sort yeah. of were the Oilers on your radar, or is this this is just no, uh, was, only the recent no, thing? I mean, initially, I sort of had a bit of an inkling towards the uh, Seahawks. But they're too far away, so uh, it's quite nice having a t- uh, team that you can actually nip over um, for, in effect, a long weekend and uh, see a game, have a look around Nashville, which is a great place, and uh, and have a good few days there. Excellent. Um, we're we're going to get in into, I imagine, at some point we're going to discuss Mike Mike Brable. I think he might come up. Um, let's well, let's start with. The game just gone. We've got another win, so we'll all be we'll all be happy about that. I don't know if it was a convincing win, but we can't be choosers, can we? Um, Miles, why don't we start with start with you? How did you how did you rate the the performance on Sunday? Um, I'd say at the start of the game, things looked really confident. I was sort of like, "Yep, we're flying here. We're going to score. We're going to drop a fifty burger." And- I'm going to be happy as Larry. And then they decided suddenly that Winston switched switched in. He went from interception to, oh, yeah, touchdown Winston, which, you know, varies quite a lot. And 
we struggled a little bit with, with well, it was containing just one player, wasn't it? But um, I don't know. I, I was I was still all round happy with the performance. Um, there was just a, an iffy bit in the middle. But when we decided that we needed to start playing again, defense stepped up, and yeah, I I, I left it feeling quite good. Don't know about everyone else. <laughs> a win's a win, as always with uh, the Titans. But yeah, the the, the start was definitely full confidence. I'm, I was happy with what Tannehill was doing, and yeah, come away with a W. We can't moan too much, can we? No, no definitely four, four and four. That's well, about that's about I'm, standard. Halfway through the game, I I often do complain quite a lot, but no, with a win, can't complain. It did it did feel I think particularly half time the Bucks scoring a touchdown when they shouldn't really have been on the field. They was third and seventeen, I think it was big completion to Mike Evans. That felt like a big momentum shifting yeah. moment, and I was a bit pessimistic shall we say in the in the third quarter I didn't feel that we were going to get back into it and the game was going to go away from us but we did and the Bucks didn't score a point I think after I think the last sort of 25 minutes per the clock of the game they didn't score a point so we were able to close it out um yeah Neil how are you uh how were your thoughts Sunday? You uh, you missed the start, didn't you? Yeah, I missed the start. We're working till six, so I missed like probably. I probably I, I agreed to buy Mike Evans's touchdown just before half time oh. when I come when I came through the door. Um, That's the things I were happy with. We we actually executed when we were given a short field, which has not always been the case, and that happened twice. And when we had to have a drive, and when we had to have points. Tannehill took us 80 yards downfield and uh, that was a beautiful throw to AJ Brown. It ends on a good route as well, I think. Route, route, whatever as uh, <laughs> you should say on an English-based American football podcast. Um, and I think... Uh, it's not San Diego this week. That's the, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the offence was no means perfect, but you have to take advantage of a short field, which we did twice. And when we needed a drive, we had a drive. So... All in all, happy with a win. Brian, how did you see, well, the end? I mean, the defence, when it mattered, stepped up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think I think we rode our luck a little bit with the, uh, was it the fumble? The potential fumble and that, that totally outraged Paul to get Kern <laughs> involved. And, uh, I think we got away with one there, to be honest. Um, I think the books had, was it maybe 150, 200 yards more than us in the game? Yeah, that the yardage and time of possession sort of stuck out as we were on the wrong side of both. But I think the early part of the game was a bit misleading because we had two turnovers in the first quarter and both of which put us first and goal to go. So we're not going to take much time to, to yeah, score. Yeah, I mean... If we keep getting as many as many turnovers as we are, you know, we're we're gonna we're gonna be in good position throughout the game. Uh, the offense slowly looking a tiny bit better, maybe. Dare I say it? <laughs> I, I don't want it to be true, but it is. We were all. I mean, Simon, let's ask ask you about this. We were we were on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. When well, the week that Marcus was officially benched and Ryan Tannehill's coming in, I mean, 
no, no, none of us, none of us on this podcast anyway, would be the sort of person that would want him to fail and which we, you know, there has been a little bit on Titans Twitter, dare I say it. I don't understand that. I don't see how you could ever, ever wish for that. But it did feel a, sort of a bit of a downer. But Tannehill's come in yeah. and not really, not really put a foot wrong. I, I was um, quite happy that Tannehill came in. Um, I think he's a good quarterback and I think he's changed um, the confidence in this team. You look at people like Sharp and Davis and Brown and, and even Adam Humphreys now. When Mariota was playing, Humphreys was, was virtually inv- invisible. But I think now he's not gaining great yardage, but at the end of the day, he's picking up good catches when we need it. And I think all those wide receivers are coming are coming good now. Um, and I think that comes a lot of the time from having the confidence in the quarterback. I don't know whether they lost confidence in Mariota a little bit. I don't know. But, you know, fingers crossed it keeps it keeps going uh, going the way it's going. I th- I think one thing that has changed that I've noticed in the in the last two weeks, I mean the very obviously when you look at the Denver game, which was pretty terrible throughout. Um, now, the last couple of weeks we've had, you know, we've got sort of third and six, third and eight, even third and longer. I've got a bit of confidence that we might convert. And that, that just disappeared in the, the previous few games. You know, Mario didn't seem to be able yeah. to get it done. But I don't know if it's, obviously Tannehill's got a stronger arm in terms of how fast he can throw the football, which... I think sometimes help in those those sort of conversions where there's a tight throw that's needed. And it does, yeah, I don't know, it does feel as, as sad as it is to to see what's happened. It feels like there's a, a bit of a corner been turned. I think the other thing, uh, Adam, is that, you know, we're six out of six in red zone conversions of the last couple of games. And, and I think that has really helped matters substantially. Yeah, I'm not sure that was one of the things that I think when when Mariota got us down into the red zone, I I suspect his his stats there are are pretty good. Obviously, famously, only ever turned the ball over once in the red zone in his career. But Mm, I never felt that that was the issue. Obviously, you can't fault six (laughs) six out of six, can you? But it it just felt getting us there (laughs) was was part of the problem. Mm. and actually, on Sunday, we obviously had those two turnovers early and two touchdowns, which is which is fine. After that, it was wasn't until the second half when we really actually started to move the ball down the field. Um, and to be fair, it was there weren't that many opportunities. The Bucks had a, a lot of possession. I mean, any any concerns with the the defense from anybody? Mike Evans seemed unstoppable. For three quarters, anyway. I think when he was Mike... um, matched up against uh, LeSean Sims, that was a bit of a mis- mismatch. Um, but I think he got a little bit better towards towards the end of the game. I think there was some... Weirdly, I'm, I was hoping that we'd see some half-time adjustments from Dean Pease there. And it seemed to come later than that. It seemed to be in, into the fourth quarter we were using the safety to help. And it kind of solved the problem. Actually, Winston stopped looking at Evans, well, maybe because of double coverage. And yeah, maybe the halftime adjustment was, was late, but it was, it was just in time. 
Yeah, that guy's uh, made better cornerbacks than LeSean Sims look stupid, to be fair. Uh, yeah. So it's always going to be a, a, a big ask. Um, he's just a, a fantastic player. Um, but I didn't... Yeah, he's a top five receiver. Me, like, yeah. that good. Yeah, probably. His, his numbers that he's had to this point in his career, uh, considering he's had uh, an erratic at best quarterback, uh, ridiculous to be honest. Yeah, a, a single coverage, it's it does it doesn't matter. You can't you you you're not going to stop him. I think even if you're, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey or whoever you are, you, you're going to struggle if you're on your own against. He's he's so. I don't think you just look at him. Look at the size of him. Look at his speed. His hands. I mean, he's he's an elite receiver. There's no no two ways about that. Um, we did better against Julio Jones a couple of weeks ago, but I think the the Falcons have got perhaps even more issues than the than the Bucks. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's no perfect answer to to deal with someone like that. Is there? No, no. I mean, I feel part of the issue was that I mean, I mean, I, I follow most teams quite a lot generally with a fantasy head on, but. Chris Godwin's had a great season for Tampa as well, and I feel like we were almost more cautious of him because the safety was having to cover both sides of it. And then we once Evan started torching us, we were like, right, we need to get some help over there. So that's where I felt the change might come. They might have felt like Godwin was going to have more of an impact. And I know tight ends against us have had a uh, a bit of luck recently, so they might have been trying to prevent that as well. But I do feel that that's where the change came once Evan started taken over we felt like we had to get someone over there to help OJ Howard didn't play which maybe maybe no. helped but it, it it's it's one of the, it's one of those things they've got plenty regardless of OJ Howard they've got plenty of weapons and that that was the that was my concern and and actually yes we conceded 23 points which is the most of the season it's still not bad but Tampa Bay, regardless of Winston throwing interceptions and turning the ball over, he's always he's always going to churn out <laughs> massive passing yards, regardless. And luckily, he he went back to turning the ball over right at the end when we we needed him to. He did a very similar sort of thing in the London game um, against the Panthers, and you know he had loads of yardage, but as a, as a quarterback. I didn't, you know, you wouldn't have thought I've got a great deal of confidence in him. This could go anywhere. Um, so I, I wasn't really too worried about Winston, but you know, some of the uh, passes he did were were great because, uh, as you say, he targeted Evans all the time and Godwin and the two fantastic wide receivers. The best, uh, the best assessment of his performance were people saying in the second meeting of uh, Mariota and Winston, Mariota won. <laughs> and they never played a snap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's weird how it's sad in a way. You look they're two you know, coming back. I think did you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, Neil, about the watching them play college for, for the for Oregon and Yeah, uh, they are college semi final. I think it was the first year of the college playoff. Where um, Florida State played Oregon in the the semi, um, and they're they're both slated to be number one and number two draft picks. I think they were like a thousand points in that game. It was ridiculous, uh, and it was just exciting to see that we we're going to get one of those guys. 
Uh, and now you look at them both, and it's like I say, it's, it's kind of sad, really. I think if you're a Bucks fan, you you probably feel a bit like we do, right? Yeah, <laughs> right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And it's because you see, and we've discussed Mariota at length, and you, you, you see things from Winston to suggest that the talent's still there and he can be coached. And you think someone like Arians might get might get something out of him. And then it must be so frustrating, you know, as as we know, when you, you see the flaws keep creeping in as well. Arians, Arians obviously obviously backed himself because he, the guy had retired. Arians mm-hmm. obviously backed himself to get something from Winston. So it must be doubly frustrating for him. Yeah, he, he stood on sideline watching him do exactly the same things as he's done for Dirk Cutter and any other coach he's had. Okay. Um, another big part of the, the latter part of the game, the Titans 27-23 to the good. Having, I think, I can't remember how we got there, whether it was another turnover, but we were in Bucks territory in field goal range and third and long, nice pass completion, yard or so short of the sticks two yards short fourth and two field goal range what do you do four points to the good well first firstly well let's let's have a, a little straw poll firstly do you do you kick the field goal or not there's the first question yes yes yeah you kick the, you kick Simon. um um <laughs> I can see exactly why they did it, and I'm not bothered about the call because I think it was a gutsy call. I know, I think it was last week, um, Neil didn't know whether Vrabel was reckless or ballsy. He used those terms. Um, I think that was a ballsy call. And as Vrabel has said in various press conferences afterwards, had that have taken, had that have come off and he hadn't have been... uh, Absolutely, um, Kern hadn't have been hammered, and he hadn't got away with it. That uh, that bloke made a really good play to get him. We'd have been all saying, "Yeah, what a what a great call that was." If that had been Sean McVeigh that had that had called that, people would have said, "Yeah, that's inspired, fantastic." I can see why people are trying to protect Kern because he is one of our best weapons that we have. But, and I think we'll talk about Vrabel in a while. Um, I like the way he calls these plays. I really do. My my issue actually wasn't going for it. I was we at the moment we had that fourth and two. I think I sent the WhatsApp and right, what's the call here? And I was about I was actually about fifty fifty on whether to kick the field goal or or uh, go or, or, or go for it on the field. Um, and we the. Before the the fake, we we were lined up and trying to draw them offside, and you're watching that. Okay, yeah, fair enough. You might get that might work. You might get the first down. Yep, good move. Timeout. And at that point, I'm assuming we're going to kick the field goal or or have a think about running a different play. The, the my issue is if you decide to go for it, fine. I didn't no no problem with that. As I say, I, I was sort of fifty fifty on it, but. Our best shot of getting that first down from two yards to me is not for Brett Kern to get it with his legs. It's you have your offense out there and you run your best play, whether that's Derek Henry, whether actually you know, Tannehill to 
throwing a slant or whatever it is. That might that surely was a better better way of getting the first down. To me, I mean, we had a fake punt last week, and which was a well timed <coughs> actually. You know, for all the slight we threw at Brable for nearly blowing blowing that one with a with not challenging the ball spot. That was a great call early in that game. Yeah, to, but fourth quarter in that situation doesn't feel to me like the, the right time for a, a fake field goal. And it's not only that. I think I think it was most telegraphed fake field goal in history as well. The way they lined up, it was pretty much like... Yeah, when like, you watch it back, it's, you know, yeah, got, Brett Kearns got up before the, the ball snapped almost. Yeah, and, and we've got like... 25 offensive linemen on field. <laughs> so, no way. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, mean, just... I think Vrabel said he, they, they got the look that they were look, they were waiting for. So, they went for it and and uh, the guy the guy made a great play. But For a split second, really, I thought it was there, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they tried, I mean, the, they tried to draw them off sides just before that, which is another indicator yeah. that you've no interest whatsoever in kicking the field goal. Yeah. So I just think it were all a bit telegraphed as well as as well as a bad play call. I don't yeah, know what I you mean, guys think about that. Personally yeah, I, mean, I for me if, I if you fail sorry, go on. No, go ahead, go ahead. If, if you fail with 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 trying to draw them off sides then then for me you'd kick it all day. But I, I don't know, that's just me. I think you you back out of defence all day to stop them. Um when when you when plan A didn't work, just you know, just just take the points. Because that that's like if we've got away with one basically when Kearns fumbled and they've they've, they've blown the player dead. Oh, we yeah. to- totally have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. another thing about that. Yeah. If that if that gets if it should have been a touchdown, really. Yeah. yeah. So you you're leaving. You're not really assessing the risk properly. Whoever's in Vrabel's ear, analytics or whatever upstairs is, is not assessing the risks. And I have been critical at Titans for being too safe in general from top <laughs> from top to bottom as a franchise. I've been really critical at Titans being too safe. But there's times when it's staring you in the face. Yeah. Um, and that's and Sunday I thought were were one of them. I mean, it, it's it's not to say that say that gets ruled a fumble on the field and they allow the Bucks to score a touchdown. It's not to say that the game's over at that point, which I think a lot of Buccaneers fans are trying to argue that they've, they've been robbed of the win just for that call. They haven't. You know, the, the Titans had plenty of time to have another possession, maybe two. But you, know, you, you kick a field goal, it's then a seven-point game, or you get the first down, you're, you're, close, you're close to a win. As as it turned out, obviously it didn't it didn't matter. And another another weird frustrating moment happened later on when uh, Taylor Lewan went down with an injury. When you you're managing the clock and yeah, if we, a first down obviously at that point the, the Titans can kneel down. Uh, but Lewan suddenly using one of our timeouts to stop the clock, one of, rather than one of the Bucks. You know, I'm not saying it's his fault. Just a bit unfortunate. Suddenly they've they potentially got 40 more seconds, but Jameis used that time to throw another pick, so all good. <laughs> I'll just go back to point point Simon made about... I, I, do, I actually agree the point he made about Sean McVeigh. 
um, and are there's a certain line between your 32 coaches in the NFL, and there's five or six that are above that line who the media love and yeah. would absolutely enthuse over any call, any decision they made. And Vrabel's, yeah. unfort- unfortunately, Vrabel is below that line where the wider media or the national media are more likely to mock, criticise and make a joke of his decisions. He just hasn't got that that kudos that some of these younger coaches yeah. have for one reason or another. I do actually, I actually agree with that totally. It's not just Brable though. That's the Titans. You know, it's the same, yeah. with, yeah. same with Mariota, yeah. Tannehill. You know, if Tannehill yeah. has a yeah. bad game next week, it will be the same narrative. You know, it, it's you know, the Mahomes, Rogers, Brady. Yeah, some, yeah. For some reason, so, they've latched onto Mahomes as if you know, he's only two or three years into his career, but he's got that status. And There's a few um, like in the same boat as Mariota, like I would say Derek Carr. I think Carson Wentz is getting there. They're just not fashionable. They're yeah, just not yeah. fashionable. They can no matter yeah, what they yeah. do, no matter what they do, no matter how they can string five good games together. The first bad game, they're going viral on social media. <laughs> Look we'll, at this we'll mistake. See, blah blah blah. blah, blah. We'll, we'll see if Gardner Minshew's, um, you know, flavor of the month at the end of the year. Mm. Don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was going, <"Hey?" laughs> oh, did you see that wind shoe on the Jags? Yeah. Oh, just, just yeah. sickening, sickening. Yeah, it is. Uh, he does look good, though, lads. Give him credit for that. He looks, looks quite good. I'm not having that. What about the mustache or his gameplay? Both. <laughs> yeah. Wind shoe and Saxonville. Come on, lads. Grow up. Now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, lads, let's grow up now. We're grown men. <laughs> before before we move away from this game, um, I just wanted to mention we haven't really talked about him that much. And that's Derek Henry, who mm. was a holding call away from actually having a, a decent monster monster game on the ground. It's I think it was it was always going to be tricky against that Bucks front. But it did yeah, seem the, either lose a yard or he'd get fifteen. It was a strange one. Yeah, they're a tough, they're a tough run, run defense. I, I think they're ranked third in the league or something. I guess the well, run. I think, yeah, I think I'd first. said last week that they, they'd come up against you know Christian McCaffrey twice. I'm pretty sure they've come up against the Saints and uh, the Giants. So I mean, it depends whether or not it's when Barkley and Kamara are there. But they've come up against some big running backs and Henry. I know. Bauer and what you said with that uh, holding call he still had the most yards that they've conceded all season um, so you can see that with the way Tannehill's playing that we are opening up a bit of a running game against a team that where we said their front seven does do well against it so I was actually really impressed and really happy coming away with that I mean the ghost fumble is another matter um, I think that's just a one off three it, was, it, was it his name is that what yeah. is that what it came down to? He basically need out of his own hand, but um, he has got he, do, he has got that high knee stride though. Anyway, well, he exactly runs, the way he runs. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know if there's anyone else, but when he broke the tackle when we were playing from our what one yard line, thought we were gonna have a repeat of a ninety nine yarder because yeah. he broke a couple of tackles, and I was like, this is it, it's happening again. Um, but uh, he, he looked good. He looked good. Barn the uh, the little fumble, I was impressed with him. I wish I wish the give him a few more tosses so that he can get a bit more speed up and going wide 
round instead of just going straight through the line because quite a few times on Sunday there was just no holes there for him at all. I wish they'd just give him that little bit more um, space. Yeah, and the other, totally the other thing, that's how we brought Saffold in. So to, to make these holes, well, yeah. yeah, it does excel when it yeah. does excel when the it's weird. Ari excels going to the outside, but it looks yeah. like an inside yeah. runner. It's strange, yeah. like, really strange. But he's he's so you look at him, and you he yeah he looks like an inside runner, but he's so quick, and I don't, I don't think like all the stats about you know, that game against Jacksonville last year, and when he actually gets to full speed, he's there aren't really any running backs out there quicker. I still don't think everyone realizes that it's a strange one. I, I completely agree, Simon. Like, the, the, he looked the more he looks more dangerous with that kind of play. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I worry about is what happens if Derrick Henry is injured. What oh. happens then? Yeah, <laughs> the only yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, just I was just gonna I, I was actually gonna bring up a point uh, about a, a rather angry conversation me and Adam had on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, I don't know if they were a listener, but they were angry, whoever they were. Uh, and he, he cited that the Niners are 7 and 0, 8 and 0, whatever they are, and they're running 67% of the time. And we should kind of build our offense around. Have, have I, I think we've lost Neil mid stride there. Well, I can follow on for him, but I, I, I'm on the agreement that I think the reason it works so well with the 49ers is that they do have free what you can almost class as reliable runners, maybe two. Whereas, like we've said, we have Henry, but then if Henry goes down, are we trusting Lewis for a full game? Or do we just abandon the run? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not sure I like either no. of those choices. <laughs> it's a game of screens, isn't it? I could live with watching an offense like San Francisco's where they mm. run 60, 65%, 70% of the time. But we haven't got the personnel to, to pull that off. We've got one viable running back and maybe one, if I'm being generous, athletic offensive lineman in Taylor the one. Hot rest of big beefy guys. We haven't got anybody that can get out in a zone blocking scheme and get downfield and, and open up them holes. So it's it's easy to say, yeah, we should run Henry more. But if we run Henry sixty seven percent of the time, he's not gonna be there at end of season when it really matters. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's touch wood. He's been durable. We'll, we'll say that. And yeah. It's but so so many teams in so many positions in the NFL have that issue. You know, what what if they go down and you suddenly be you know, from players in skill positions, you can go from a a playoff team to six and ten with just a twisted knee, just like that. And that, that's just part of part of the NFL. I mean. Yeah, we could. We could. I, I, I agree. We, it feels like we should be signing somebody in that position or changing something. I mean, last year's Dion Lewis yeah, we is. We just had a bit of running back uh, the other day. We've gone through a couple that you know, from the practice squad. We've had uh, Rod Smith being inactive, hasn't he? All oh, right. Yeah, I'm sure we activated one in the last day or two. Could be we wrong. Could... Dawkins, didn't we? We started Dawkins and then we just cut him again, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he played against Denver and then he's he's gone. Yeah. I, I really like the look of McNichols in pre-season. I know it's pre-season, but you know he looked he looked to have uh, some some useful skill to him. You know, obviously for whatever reason he wasn't fancied. Like, but no, I mean, 
there's, there's a there's a mark out there, isn't there, where people always have the same mongers. There are people like CJ Anderson and people like that who were there that whether or not you can now rely on them to be that backup runner for you. But some teams, I just don't think, like investing in running backs because they feel like you can get someone to do the job. Because yeah. I was wondering whether or not we might potentially look at the trade. But because we've got Henry, we're not going to throw too much at someone. Therefore, we are going to be looking at like free agency to rely on. I mean, there's people like JHI who was supposedly is now fit. He's called for a couple of ACLs, which, again, you can't rely on them. But there are backup running backs if the worst was to happen. I do feel like, and please never happen, but if something did happen to Henry, I do feel like there would be people that you can get coming in. Like, I've just seen Arizona have just traded, I think, for Drake, haven't they, from Miami? Because they, oh, yeah. they, they worked out J.H.I. and they yeah. didn't sign him. So, but, yeah, yeah, could so... Be... I really, really like Kenyon Drake. I think he's really good. Mm, I would have liked to. Have, I, would I would have liked for it. us to have explored that. I know it was a rumor a couple of weeks ago. I would have really, yeah. I'd have liked for us to explore. But then again, we've already gave a draft pick away to acquire Tannehill, mm-hmm. so we didn't. We only made four picks last year. Uh, I don't think there'll be any interest from Robinson in like going down that route again. I think he'll want to acquire more, if anything. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's quickly look at yeah trade deadline day. I'm assuming nothing's really going to happen. It's, no, just uh, just read on Roto World that Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell are not not expected to be traded. Him most exciting news that, <laughs> that anybody's heard today. <laughs> I, do, I do I do have a breaking tweet from the Irish Titans. Um, and so, sorry guys, the rumor is true, and we have a direct source. Terry Rubisky will replace Mike Brabel <laughs> as head coach of the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I think other than that it's going to be a quiet day which is maybe maybe what we want the Mariota rumours which seem to come from Adam Schefter saying that we're working out Josh Johnson and I've forgotten who else mm. died in the Panthers um, but yeah suddenly it's oh okay Mariota's going to be traded could be an injury though yeah there's rumours is going on IR and that will say, well, that will end a lot of a lot of debates. That might that might suggest he's he's never recovered from all these other injuries from last year. Who knows? Yeah, there's, there's something yeah, something's yeah. happened to him since some injuries, haven't they? You, you can see that he, he doesn't he doesn't follow his reads as well, and he he always looks a little bit on edge. So yeah. you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, every argument that we've had about this could end up being a moot point. Um, <laughs> We've said, I think you said, Neil, that since he broke his leg at the end of the 2016 season, that arguably has never been the same. You know, that that could be true. Um, I'm just not ready to let go yet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. We, we emotionally invested in him. It's. I think it, it's harder because he's such a nice guy as well. Yeah. I agree. And he's like the model sportsman, isn't he? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And but we know, yeah. and we know yeah. the talent's there somewhere. It's locked inside. The talent is there. It's just finding it. And if I he don't... goes, he reduces the fan base in Hawaii quite substantially as well. <laughs> so a pineapple man became watermelon man. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else saw that. <laughs> no, I... no. <laughs> that was quite good. I, I like his. He's just a consummate professional, like the way he is backing up Ryan Tannehill. Like he's he's there to help him. There's no, not even a hint of oh I'm bitter about this or I'm pissed what? off. 
he's, you know, he's patting the guy on the back. He's, Tannehill posted something. Apparently, he'd lost his father-in-law just before the game Sunday. And in his, his yeah, Instagram yeah. post, he, ma- he mentioned Marcus as, as words of support, which I thought was quite telling. Yeah. Um, just, as a, just as a quick one, I don't know about everyone else. Would you rather have a quarterback that's quiet or would you rather have one that maybe oozes a bit more confidence? Uh, can we just have Aaron Rodgers? That is the uh, question that deserved a better answer, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, I, I'm happy for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> no, to, to, be, to be honest, I, I, I think that is a really good question. I think I, I would, yeah, I kind of like a bit of cockiness in your quarterback, I suppose. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <Bacon. laughs> it's definitely got cockiness. We, we said cockiness, not. <laughs> I don't. I don't profess to have any experience of being in a huddle or being around the game myself. Obviously, I'm thousand miles away. But uh, if I were in a situation where a game were on the line and we're going back to the huddle. And my quarterback were being passive. I don't think I'd appreciate that on a personal level. Yeah. That wouldn't. Do you understand? That won't, I don't mm-hmm. think that get me get me fired up. There's a big. I think difference. that's definitely something Tannehill has that I, I, I really like. He seems to. Uh, the, he seems to really like hold these guys accountable, and you know they, they seem to want to play for him. I don't know if it was. They were like say losing confidence a bit in in Marcus a little bit, but. It just seems like everybody wants to be on the ball now. Yeah, I think he's brought that confidence uh, back, Tannehill. Um, and I think the players are playing for him. I think another thing with Tannehill as well, I think he's never... I can't think of a Miami team in his seven-year stint there where they really, they really went all out and surrounded him with talent. I know they made playoffs once. And he, yeah. he missed he missed the game with an ACL injury. Unfortunately, they lost in Pittsburgh. But I can't remember a, a, a Miami team where they really backed Ryan Tannehill and really surrounded him with quality pieces. And I think he has got three or four of those around him now. So he's probably, from his personal point of view, enthusiastic as, about the opportunity, and that'll be rubbing <laughs> off. He's actually got some quite good uh, career passing stats, actually, as well. I was quite surprised to read um, a lot of passing yards. Yeah. I think one of the things that's probably letting down in Miami has been the coaching, um, which maybe that brings me on to <laughs> our, ne- our next debate. <laughs> where, yeah, where, where are we with Mike Brable and 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 Arthur Smith actually? Um, Simon, you you're yeah. a fan of some of these. Yeah, calls. yeah. I'm. I have no real like or dislike with Mike Brable, but I I just have quite an, a respect for him. He's a bloke who is a second-year coach. We're not, we're, he's a second-year coach who, you know, he's, how many games has, have they had? 24, 25 games in his career. Um, he, he's calling what could be classed as ballsy uh, plays, um, etc. He's made, one of the biggest calls he made was, uh, was benching Marcus. And two games down the line, you know, has he got the 
uh, kudos for actually doing that. Um, I remember, um, and again, you've got to go back a little bit, when the Seahawks were in the second consecutive Super Bowl and they were on the, uh, I think it was um, uh, goal to go, last second of the game, uh, and Pete Carroll called um, a passing um, play instead of just giving the ball to the running back and just going forward when they only had one uh, one yard to go. It would have won in the Super Bowl. I don't think there was a great deal of call for Pete Carroll's head. Um, and I know that Pete Carroll's done it all. He's been he's earned the right to have that. He's been he's been in the NFL a long, 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 long time. And I appreciate he's been there and done it and Vrabel hasn't. But that's the thing. I think Vrabel's getting this experience now. And at the end of the day, I would rather have a coach who calls different plays, exciting plays. You remember the Wildcat that they used to play last season? They played that a couple of times last season. We haven't seen it this year, though. Um, or would you rather have somebody boring, straightforward, predictable, like Ron Rivera, who, who to me is just the epitome of just a, a, a nobody coach, to be quite honest. I'd rather have somebody like Vrabel, who's making his way in the game, and, you know, good luck to him. I See, think I might be outvoted here. Well, here's, here's, my, here's my issue <laughs> here. Now, I don't have... Don't have any issue whatsoever with the with being ballsy, taking a gamble. It to me, and I we went into a bit of detail. I was almost running through some of the the different situations last year. So last year's calls seem to actually make a lot of sense. There were one or two maybe iffy play calls, but fundamental decisions of do we go for it here or or do we not? I felt that he largely got right, and some of them he's still getting right. But my my problem now is he's he should be he should be learning and getting better as a head coach. Now there've been I I would say four or five calls this year, you know, game defining moments where he's he's just got it wrong in quite an obvious way. That's not to say that the guy's are an idiot or can't be a head coach, but. Yeah, I don't know if he needs needs an analytics guy telling him, right, okay, you make that call at this point, you're much more likely to lose the game, do this. Or if if or if he if he'd listen to them. There's probably some stubbornness and I suspect to be a good head coach you have to be you have to be a bit stubborn. You have to make your own decisions. But I, I, too many calls in at big moments seem to have been seem to have been wrong and he's either not learning from them or overcorrecting. It just doesn't seem quite right to me. So, uh, yeah, come on, Miles. Sorry, mate. John, sorry. Um, well, my, my, my quick one on it was, I've I done the classic thing that I do in any sport where if people start talking about whether or not we should or shouldn't have someone in a job, it's who's going to come up and replace them. So I, I was looking at the, the options that were out there, of the potential who they think will be the next makeshift head coaches. And I'm pretty sure it was the 49er defensive coordinator and the Ravens offensive coordinator. But I, I, I don't I didn't see much what I'm saying, whereas I decided to sort of look back at the calls. And I, I think I said it last week, where I feel like someone's in his ear. I, I, I don't know if there's someone in his ear saying something, but I'm at the situation where if he stays on to the end of the season... I I don't have a problem with that. And come the end of the season, they'll either decide, like you said, he might need someone 
experienced with him to give him some suggestions on what to do. But I don't know. I I started talking myself into maybe we do need to stick with it, <laughs> which is a bit of a change from where I was. Ken Wisenhurst got fired as the offensive coach of the Chargers today. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure we want to go back there necessarily. <laughs> no, 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 thanks. Okay. I think uh, I think I think it's fanciful to think that Vrabel's job's at risk. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think he's got I think he's got a lot of pull with John Robinson, especially. He's, he's kind of his handpicked guy that they're married to each other now, whichever way you want to look at that. Um, but if I if I think why why the Titans gave Mike Vrabel the the role of head coach and is a defensive guy who had just coached one of the worst defences in the league um, when, he, when he came from Houston. If I think to why they, they gave Mike Vrabel the job as head coach, one, to instil a culture. There were a lot of people um, comparing him to the ex-Steelers coach. Uh, God, names just totally escaped me. Prior to Tomlin. Cower. Yeah, Bill Cowher. Yeah. There were a lot of people comparing him to Bill Cowher, uh, where he, he installs a culture and, and people are willing to to die on the field for him, etc., etc., etc. And the other reason were because this 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 organisation wanted to know whether Marcus Mariota was the long term answer at quarterback and whether they were gonna gonna commit to a huge contract. I think I think it's it's debatable whether he's instilled a culture, but he's answered the Mariota question, not in the way that anybody wanted. Um, so you, some, and, some might argue that he's part of the reason for the Mariota question, having that answer. Yeah, I'm, not saying, mean, I'm not saying I do necessarily, but I mean, there'll be those uh, that do. He's being criticised for it, the hiring of his staff. Now, regardless of what we thought of, of Matt LaFleur, mm-hmm. or whether... Or how we we perceive Matt Lafleur from his time in Tennessee. You, you look at what he's doing now in Green Bay. Essentially, structurally, that was a good hire. It didn't quite work out for us, but that guy is a good coach. So I think the the criticism of his hires has been a little too much, which te- which brings me to Arthur Smith, and it's one of those things where I want to say things about Arthur Smith that are really, really harsh. But that guy's been with the organisation since the move to Tennessee and and he's worked his way from pretty much nothing to offensive coordinator. And that's that's the kind of story that you love. But let's just be honest, this offence has been putrid. Re- regardless of whether it's Tannehill, Mariota, Tannehill's moved the ball better and and got more from his playmakers. We, we are, we're all in agreement on that. But the play calling has still been really one-note, really vanilla and really predictable. I mean, I've seen GIFs on, on Twitter in the last couple of days that the Tampa, the Tampa safeties are crashing into the backfield before Tannehill's even handed off to Derrick Henry because they know that that's a run play. We saw... We're not See, a, good, a good coordinator would look at that and take immediate advantage. You would think. We're, yeah, we're not. It's we're not, not been happening. We're not keeping people guessing. We're conservative when we don't need to be conservative, and we're ballsy. Go back to that word again. When we don't need to be ballsy, it, it's a bit of a mess from that respect. And the hiring of Arthur Smith has to go on Vrabel, as much as it's a nice story that Arthur Smith got himself up to that position. 
Vrabel has to be held accountable for that. Well, okay, so, Simon, back to you. Did, Agreed. If if you're, what are your thoughts on Arthur Smith at this point? In, in, I mean, if you're obviously a, a Vrabel guy, I'm, by the way, I'm I'm not calling for Vrabel's head at this point. Miles, you no, said no, the same. I don't I'm think not, I don't think doing, that's I'm not doing that. Um, but we're we're, we're criticising what we're seeing. Um, Simon, what? Where do you see Arthur Smith? Um, to be honest, he's one of these people who he's just so in the background. He's he has to be better with the players than he is with everybody else. Because to be quite honest, I don't know a great deal. You know, you don't know about his personality really. He never comes across as as he comes across as quite bland. And I think that's. Similar to his play calling, to be honest, it, it, it is. It's black. You know, you, you look at it, and some of some of, as, as you just mentioned, some of the play calling is such whereby you know it's going to be run, run, pass, punt, and then the ball's gone. And it's just, I don't know um, whether he's there at the end of the season. I am not certain. Um, but as I mentioned before, who is making those big calls? Is it Vrabel or is it Arthur Smith? I don't know. And I think it's a it's a positive for us that Tannehill's in a way succeeding despite the scheme, which shows that is is actually a talented player. Yeah, which I think yeah. I think's a bit a big positive for us. Mm. That's that's why one of the reasons I think we do get frustrated, I, more so than the Mettenberg years <laughs> that that sort of time where we didn't have talent. This team has oodles of talent so we, we just we just want to see them get the best out of it you know, we, we can't yeah. you can't be annoyed at that Zach Mettenberger team going 2 and 14 or whatever when there's 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 nobody to throw to or there's there's no defense whatsoever you know, this is so, different if I so here's a question uh, I will pretty when it looked like we we're going to lose the game on Sunday and uh, as a few guys on Twitter and a few guys on our WhatsApp were saying, yeah, we have, we've got talent, we've got talent, we've got talent. And I, can't, I made a statement myself, have we? Or do we overrate our talent? Are we too married to these guys and too precious over what people think of us on team? Can we look objectively and think, yeah, Kevin Bayard, probably the best safety in the NFL. Logan, <laughs> Ryan, Logan Ryan, probably best slot corner in the NFL. Other than that, we've got a few pieces. But have we really got bags and bags of talent like we think? I think that's a question that's worth pausing. I don't know what you guys think. I think certainly on defence we have. I think John Brown is uh, well, not not underrated by us Titans fans, but grossly underrated as in like league, league-wide terms. Uh, I think Ryan Simmons looks an absolute player. Yeah. yeah. Um, can't he just he looks just... Devastating. Rashawn Evans has, has come on. Obviously, Jarrell Casey's multiple all pro. I think there's a lot of talent on defense. I do believe, I do agree with you. I, th- I, I personally think Corey Davis is overrated. He, he doesn't win enough of these 50 50 balls. Um, I think <laughs> AJ Brown's a player, to be totally honest. Corey Davis is overrated for where he was drafted for me. I still think he's good. He's a good player. Yeah, he's good. But, but if you look, Look in that range, fourth and fifth overall, over the last X amount of drafts, and you're talking AJ Green and Julio Jones. It was the yeah, draft that, that, that year, wasn't it? 
that's that's where you pay for those receivers. If you were drafting yeah. a, a receiver in a top five pick, they've got to be elite, elite, elite talent. And I don't think he is that. Uh, that's not to say I don't think he's a good player. I do. Yeah, and he could, and he could be elite. He's he's got the, he's got the uh, fundamentals. He needs to he needs to step it up. Mm, it needs to be coached into him, doesn't it? That, that, he's he's shown flashes. I mean, he absolutely abused Stefan Gilmore, who's, I think he's the leading cornerback in the NFL this year. Absolutely mm-hmm. abused him last year. You know, he's got it in him. It's just, it's only there sometimes. We saw we saw it from him last week, but we didn't see it from him against Tampa, did we? No. There were a couple, yeah. a couple of balls that you felt that he, could, yeah. he could make and he didn't. Uh, where, and again, Tannehill hadn't, didn't do a lot wrong. You know, there were some there were some catchable passes there. One or two I can think of on a third down that Davis didn't make that he could have done. Mm. He, he, I, I like what we've been seeing with Johnny Smith the past couple of weeks while Walker's not been there. He's shown signs of that tight end. It's quite rare where they've actually got more speed than physical. So I don't, obviously he's a, he's a big he guy, but tackles, he actually, doesn't he? Exactly, he's he's got that he's got that bit about a bit of elusiveness that you don't normally see in the position. Um, I, I I had it where I was thinking back to um, uh, we're a team where we're we need an offense that's going to score between fifteen to twenty five points in a game, and it's going to be tight games, isn't it? Because uh, what twenty three points against Tampa before then? What was the most we gave away? Was it twenty? Yeah, twenty yeah. yeah. See so that that going back to Vrabel. That that's not how I want as a as a Titans fan, as somebody mm. who wants to be entertained watching his team. That's no. not how I want to win football games. And I think whatever my I'm not sure. Nope. But no, I, I yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I personally I don't like seeing it either. I think it's more of a realistic that we know course, our defence is not bigger. Be as close, little points as possible. And I don't think that will change. Sorry, the uh, that, that's probably coming across the internet's being a bit weird there. Um, I'm not sure how that's uh, whether it's just in my ears. So apologies <laughs> there. Um, can, I, can I just make a point? Do we all agree that Taylor Lewan isn't as good as he was last year? Yeah, um, I mean, he's rusty. Obviously, I mean, yeah, I yeah rusty. Yeah, one. I think that, that that's a perfect word. I think he he. he he believes he's on hype a bit too much. Yeah, yeah, um, I think so. I mean, I'm missing those four games. Obviously, it doesn't, help, doesn't help anybody. I think Neil's internet is not helping there. <laughs> not helping there. So we're, get, we're getting bits of what you're saying. Um, <laughs> we, we're going to go very long if we're not careful. Let's look quickly ahead to, to Carolina. In fact, let's go very quick um, and just... Just predictions. How do we how do we see this game, Simon? What do you? All, it all depends on whether Rotherham win on Saturday. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't overly impressed with Carolina in the London game that I went to see. Um, I wasn't impressed with the books and uh, either. If we can stop Christian McCaffrey, I think this is what every team says though when they play the Panthers, don't they? If we yeah. can stop Christian McCaffrey and we can stop Luke Cookley, we've got as good a chance as anybody. I really do. I think we could do this. I think and they've got really, really good uh, pass defence, haven't they? So we need to establish the run game. You can yeah. run on Carolina. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that might help it, us. It'd be important not to fall behind early. I think if we if we can fall, if we fall behind two scores early, I think it's uh, it's going to be a tough all night. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, f- following on from the, um, I, I watched the uh, Panthers 49ers game uh, mainly because I had the 49ers defense in fantasy. Which I enjoyed. Um, you you can get to that you can get to that quarterback quite easily, and it wasn't just the 49ers that have shown it this year. A fair few teams have had quite a lot of luck getting to the quarterback, but he's been quite good prior to that game with making his reads. And I think we've got an opportunity if we've got Simmons and Casey playing like they can and hopefully will that we can cause a bit of issue up front. And then, like you said, if we if we can keep uh, CMC down to a limited game which is quite difficult for anyone I, I, I think we can definitely get something out of that game yeah I fancy us more stopping CMC than my well Mike Evans for example mm. it's just stopping her but he just he just offers so much it's 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 going to be tough either way um, I'm going oh it's a, something like a 31-17 Titans win I've just the Carolina are probably favourites, but I just fancy us in this one. Positive. I'd <laughs> gone for thirty twenty one with a Simmons safety again that we're going to win. <laughs> I think uh, Kevin Bayer they're going to be massively important in this game as well because they they run a lot of underneath routes with DJ Marker to Samuel, like trying to get the ball in in their hands in space. So. Bayer's going to have to drop into coverage and them coverage linebackers are going to be really important. I think if, if, we, if we miss Jay on Brown, McCaffrey, especially Samuel and, uh, and DJ Moore could do us a lot of damage. Uh, so with that in mind, I think obviously we're going to win about 78-0. Um, <laughs> I always have an overly optimistic prediction, but... Uh, that, that's Gary no, Furth no, Matt Neely would, that. Yeah, I don't see... Uh, I don't see any, I don't see any reason why we can't win this game. Okay. Mm. Brian and Simon, scores? Um, health, uh, it, I think it may, it may be close, but I think we'll, we'll edge it by, by, uh, by a touchdown. Okay. I think, I think Derek's going to score multiple times. Uh, I'm going to go 27 20. To the Titans. I'm starting to think that this is a pointless exercise because nobody's ever ever going to predict the Titans defeat. <laughs> I'm going to get that safety. <laughs> I'm going to get that safety, and I will celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. I got the safety in the Super Bowl one year. No, oh, I did with Peyton, Ma- with Pen- Peyton Manning straight into the end zone. Yeah. First play. Oh yeah. Going to score in play. Yeah, I would not celebrate. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. And it happened the following year as well. It did. I've always bet on it in this first first scoring play. First yeah. scoring play, yeah. Safety. <laughs> It'll be us this year. Simmons will get a safety in the uh, Super Bowl. There you go. <laughs> that is optimistic. Well, we know we're going five and four. There we go. We've established yeah. that. <laughs> uh, before we before we wrap it up, let's. Well, anything non-Titans related, um, to to finish off with and and get off our chest. Um, Simon, this is your. This is your moment. Well, yeah, the only thing I can think of, and, it's, and it is sort of Titans-related, but when you watch the uh, the TV um, on Sunday, did you think that the Fox broadcasting team were a little bit 
um, anti-Titans and very, very pro-books. Always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you not think there were, the, the whole thing, the, just the whole thing, every single time the Titans did something and had a fantastic run, you know, so they'd be brought down, but they, they majored on the fact that it was a fantastic tackle. Every single um, TV camera was pointed at a Buccaneer player. You never saw a Titans player. Mm, Fox biased, really? Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> I think that's. Uh, it's not just. It's not just Fox. It's t- the Titans are an unfashionable team. We're used to that. But yeah. I would. I would say I did like. I liked hearing from Matt Millen, who was sum- summarizing. He he did say that. Henry shouldn't shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be bounced or shouldn't go run out outside the tackles. But um, other yeah, other yeah, than that, he, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a you know, Richie Benno used to say about uh, commentating on um, cricket in his case. But if you can't add to the picture or tell the viewers something they don't already know, then don't say anything. Yeah. And Matt Millen seemed to do that a lot, yeah, particularly obviously he was a linebacker, um, but observations on defense. I just quite quite enjoyed listening to him. He's obviously the Titans being on Fox. You're not not one of the voices that you normally hear. We're used to the, C- yeah. the fifth CBS crew that we'd normally get. <laughs> Respect to uh, to Matt Millen as well, because uh, he was on his deathbed two years ago. The guy has mm. got like somebody else's heart, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was good. Good. Like, saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's it good to. Good to hear his voice. Like uh, they also said on around the NFL that he's got a lot of stink on him from when he was a GM, which is which is the case. But obviously, the guy knows football inside out. They played his the the call where Casey got that stop late on, and just that enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love loved that. I love defense. I love defense. <laughs> um, um, Neil, any car good. updates for us this week? Uh, no, no car updates. I have got a be in my bonnet. Um, and it's, I'm not a gamer by any stretch of imagination. Um, I've got, I own an Xbox um, and I go on it very, very, very rarely. Um, but I bought FIFA 20, is it? Yeah, it's FIFA 20, a new one, a couple of weeks back. Games like half finished, buggy, horrendous. Pretty much playing it for about an hour, and it was just completely broken to the point where <laughs> one of my players were like stood over halfway line with his hands on his hips and didn't move for the entire game. Did you, you played it? You played as Leeds, didn't you? Yeah, that's yeah, right. players Leeds. Oh, well, that's why. Uh, and, and, and another thing, um, there's new WWE games come out, 2K20, which I love playing with my son. Um, and then there were a, a, a massive storm on Twitter last week. Fixed WWE 2K20 trending. PlayStation Store were giving refunds. It was that bad. It's just kind of not even half finished. Horrendous graphics. Uh, buggy, buggy, buggy again. Um, and to, at top whack, that game, what, like £130 for the Ultra Deluxe Edition? And it's not even finished. I mean, they've got to do better with that these days. I know we've got advantage now that every console is connected to internet and they can pass to their arts content. You can't let game go into a, a consumer's hands half finished buggy for the prices that charge him 50, 60, 70 quid. 
for a game nowadays. It's just it's unforgivable. It's like it's an easy excuse to say they can patch it. It should be patched out of the box. You're paying for the quality that you, you expect or you deserve. You're just not getting it. Um, and kids, obviously, are more impressionable asking the parents for these kind of games. It's getting serious, isn't it? We're meant to be serious. <laughs> kids asking the parents for these games, asking the parents to pay a fortune for these games, and they're sending them out glitchy and unfinished. It's just unforgivable, really. Next week, we'll have EA on the podcast. <laughs> have a answer. Yeah. <laughs> FIFA, though, you think, isn't it just a case of updating all the squads and the kits and well, maybe I don't know that, that seems a weird one it we're doing things like on FIFA doing things like on career mode um, so say 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 be playing as Man City for instance and you play on Sunday and then European Cup game would be on Monday and all your players that played on Sunday were like down to the lowest fitness possible so when you played against AIT or playing European Cup games with a youth team and because oh, all the players because they played the day before in, in, things like that, <laughs> which are just surely if you know about designing games or you're a programmer, surely that's schoolboys. <laughs> so, but they're, obviously they're letting these these games get on the shelves, and the easy excuses: oh, we'll patch it, we'll patch it, we'll patch it. But people are buying them day one. Yeah, it's not good, is it? No. Miles, what's uh, what's eating you this week? Or, um, or pleasing you, you know. Yeah, is... I just gotta say, um, and I know everyone's probably desperate to hear how my superstitions go on with Oxford. Um, following on from Saturday, where my life again is me sat in front of the TV listening to the radio. We won again, as we talk right now. We are winning again in the background. I have my TV and my radio playing, so I'm still stuck in my superstition loophole. Where, um, yeah, I, I, I was at the GB trials for the American football Saturday morning but making sure I got home by 3 p.m. so I could follow on and <laughs> follow the football that we've been doing. So um, we're still going strong, so, sadly, thankfully. <laughs> have you have you worked out then, like, if this continues to happen and Oxford win every week forever, have you worked mm. out when they win the European Cup? Have you worked out what date that'll be? Or <laughs> Yeah, well, like I said, at the moment, touch wood, where there's some wood near me, we're, uh, we're, we're winning in the... Uh, We'll be through to the quarterfinals of the Carling Cup. <laughs> so, whether it's going to be in a couple of years' time, I'll be there with my headphones in and a portable TV so I can still watch it and do it. <laughs> well, if you win that cup, you're in the Europa League. There you go. So uh, I think that's easy, how it works. Is I never looked. There are so many different like English cups now. I guess that would be my annoyance. There's like five different cups you can now go for when it used to just be Carling Cup, FA Cup, and then obviously Premier League if you're the top dog. But now they've added like all these different cups now. Half of them, it's just like, yeah, go play year under 18s. It's just a waste of time. You see, we could low attendance. John, Johnston's paint or checker trade or whatever it's called. Yeah, hey, we, we, we won the, we won the Johnston paint, paint trophy about 10 years ago, so don't knock it. It's the only thing we have won. <laughs> and, and if Johnston are list, listening, it's good quality paint. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing. That wasn't... It's the... Carling Cup or Carabao or whatever it is now. That I think it's they the EFL Cup. Milk Cup back in the day. Yeah, oh, we won the Milk Cup in 85. Yeah, lit- oh. <laughs> Rumbleos. Rumbleos Cup, Littlewoods Cup. <laughs> First ever football match I went to was the Littlewoods Cup final. Um, Luton <laughs> Town, yeah. 
not no, I'm not a Luton fan at all, but there you go. Random facts. Brian, um <laughs> what have you what have you got for us? Right. Uh, it's bugged me for a while, and you've probably already mentioned it before, but box score fans they wind me up. They 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 make these outrageous claims judged by a couple of numbers from the fantasy league and it just it, they, they've got nothing to support their argument apart from a few numbers but they're very stubborn <laughs> as well uh, they just wind me up uh, I'm a fan I'm a fan of uh, basketball and there's a lot of that goes off on basketball Twitter horrendous like absolutely excited beyond belief about a stat line and then you look and the guys had like 70,000 shots to get them 30 points yeah uh, another thing, yeah, the stats that are artificially created by ESPN to sort of create a false narrative about a player. You know, like um, in the last 17 snaps, uh, you know, like just stupid things that you can you can make. Anyone, yeah, like a, a like snippet of a stat that makes them go yeah. good. You can you can use them to make any argument you want, really, can't yeah. you? Fa- fantasy football doesn't help with this because you. Um, You'll no, get, it doesn't. Like it, 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 ha, it has its place. I play fantasy. I'm probably in too many leagues, so you don't know who to cheer for. But it, yeah. it, you can find yourself just looking at stats rather than watching games if you're not careful. Uh, as an honour of Mike Evans, I was um and an all the way through the game about how I felt about when he scored 190 yards and two touchdowns. It's like, oh, I hate that he's doing this to my Titans, but I do have him on my uh, starting lineup. Well, it couldn't have turned out more perfectly, could it? <laughs> No. Yeah. There you go. Um, I think it's based on the fact that we're we're going to be nearly seventy minutes. If I'm not if I'm not careful, you've you probably don't need to hear any non-Titans related stuff from me <laughs> at this point. Um, thanks for thank well Simon. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for thank making your pleasure. debut. We will we will definitely do this again soon. Um, Miles as well. Much. Neil and Brian, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, let us know what you think at Transatlantic TN on Twitter. Join our Facebook group if you're not in that. Um, I don't know what that's called. You just search for it, you'll find it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, hopefully we'll get some better feedback than the sweary tweet that <laughs> tweet that we saw a couple of days ago. Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you know, to. To them, we're just random Brits on Twitter. So if you like random Brits on Twitter, then keep listening. And uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll be we'll be back next week. Tighten up, everybody. Bye for now. Tighten up. Tighten up.